Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Hello and welcome back. We're so glad you're here. Today's episode is unique. (laughs) It's a before and after of the marathon. So you will hear Craig and I talk before we went and literally before. You'll notice a little bit of an abrupt ending as we looked at the time. We're like, oh, we got to go. And then the after was a couple of days after the marathon and our takeaways. When you're doing something you've never done before, there's so much you don't know. And that's what we cover. All the things that we didn't know, the surprises, the takeaways, what was challenging about the event. And it applies to any marathon that we're in, whether it's in life and business or something else. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did, both in the train up for the marathon, the actual marathon, and then reflecting on it afterwards. I'm so thankful that you're here today, wishing you the warmest and most wonderful holiday season. Ciao. All right, so here we are. It's the morning of the full marathon. How are you feeling? Well, I've been waiting uh, exactly 26 weeks to get this out of the way. (laughs) I don't know that I feel excited. I'm just kind of like, yep, 26 miles. Last time I did 26 miles wasn't a run. It was a ruck march. It was 30 miles, actually. So we'll see. Thank you for being on this journey with me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad we're here. Last night was the funniest night because at around 2.15 this morning, I woke up with a serious neck cramp. I had this dream that an alligator was (laughs) looking at me on the running trail and debating if I was worth it. (laughs) And I woke up with my neck in a very awkward place and I thought, oh, this is a fascinating way to start marathon day. What do you think is going to be the most fun part? Well, I have purposely not talked about a lot of stuff in the last two weeks so that we would have something to chat about during the run. I think it'll be fun to see Roland. Looks like we've picked up some new supporters, by the way, right? Yeah. We saw a family that you used to be their teacher. Yeah, both of their kids. And they're going to be on the supporter track. Yes. (laughs) That'll be fun. And maybe we'll get to see Vanessa while we're running. We've sat there and tried to figure out how everything's going to work out. So, you know, we've broken this down into six miles. You know, it's six miles at a time, six miles at a time. Every time we knock a six mile down, that's going to be fun. Clearly, the funnest part of the run is going to be when it's over. I think so, too. I think crossing that finish line, it's really going to be symbolic of working together and building on what we did the last week and looking forward and just accomplishing something that I didn't know if we'd be able to do or if I'd be able to do when I set this goal back in June. It's funny to think that a few days ago when I was in the hospital working, I was thinking, why was that goal so important back in June? Like, why was it such a big deal? Because it doesn't feel like a big deal now, which is hysterical. But I think that's the purpose of setting stretch goals is to see who you become along the way and to go through the process to see that it really wasn't a big deal. It's one step at a time, one run at a time, one week at a time. And breaking something down into those incremental pieces makes it really easy to build one week at a time. 
Well, first of all, I mean, we've got to give a shout out to our coach, right? Mindful Marathon, Michelle, who's super mega awesome. The way you and I think, right? The minute you had decided that, I really wasn't in to run. And in fact, then you said, well, I'm going to get a coach. And I was like, okay, I'll go run with you if you have a coach. In my mind, I was like putting a plan together. And then I was like, oh, I need to get on the internet and, you know, confirm some things and stuff. And then she had a plan for us. So to me, it all broke down into one week increments. Just going to do train this week. That's it. Just going to train this week. Boy, those down weeks were amazing though, weren't they? They were really nice. I didn't realize the cumulative fatigue that builds up. It was real for me. That's the interesting thing, right? Like that's what we learned along the way. We have a good plan. And there was so much that we didn't think about and that we just had to trust our coach to really kind of guide us through. And I never felt like she was carrying us, obviously. Let me ask you this. What was the one unexpected thing about the training that really stuck out to you? That we didn't have to run 26 miles to prepare for the marathon. So for anyone listening, our max distance was 15 miles. We did 15 miles in one day, and that week we did a total of 38 miles. So we were running on fatigued legs. It amazes me that it wasn't so difficult. There were some difficult runs. There was fatigue for sure, but overall, it wasn't that difficult. I'm so pleased to say that now. As a side note, I can't believe I went through three pairs of shoes to get here. So there's that. I'm on my third pair right now. I knew that weather had an effect, but boy, did it really have an effect. I mean, we ran completely differently in the summer than we do now. You know, granted, it's easier to run now that we've gotten the mileage in. But I mean, there were some days during the summer that were brutal. But it's like the plan wasn't so cemented that it couldn't be modified. And it was modified to adjust for the temperature and for the humidity. And I think that that's like great overall planning when you're like thinking about in the future. You can't be wedded to something. You're not a train. You're not on tracks, right? Even though your mind's kind of like, I have to do this to get from here to there. But the reality of it is it's more of a car and you've kind of got an open area. You're not even on a road and you've got an idea of where you want to go. But heck, there might be some cactus in the way. There might be a rock in the way and you've got to learn to kind of adjust. And for your and our mindsets can be difficult. You make a really good point because there's always something. It's not a matter of if, it's always a matter of when, and it's such like real life. There's always stuff that comes up. So it's fun to realize that things can be changed and it's really not a big deal because one run out of 26 weeks or 10 runs or even 20 runs out of 26 weeks is negligible. It's not going to affect the overall progress. This last week, we had four runs on the schedule, two three miles and two two miles. We did a three mile and we did a two and a half mile and we said, that's what fits this week and it has to be good enough. I think it comes down to that idea of mental agility. This was a physical task, so obviously the physical was involved. But I mean, recently starting my business and thinking my business was going to be one way and now it's not really that way. I mean, it's partly that way, but it's changed. It lends to the idea of like having the mental agility to go, okay, here's a plan. Here's how I think that it's going to be. Here's the end state that I want to get to. But then the journey changes. And honestly, this journey of doing the thing, it's been enjoyable. 
I know I call you stats girl, you know, at the end of every run. Yeah, we talk about the stats when we get back in the car. So how we ran each mile, we compare it to how we felt during the miles. Like we can tell when we're going faster because <laughs> we're not talking very much. And when we're going slower, we like to compare to like early on when we were running compared to now and just how we feel and how we're doing. It's funny. I think it was more important to us. And I don't want to speak for you, but I think you'll agree with me on this one. It wasn't the time that was more important. It was how we felt. And it was fascinating because, again, I think our brains would be focused on the time. And it wasn't really, I mean, that was always a factor. I mean, you know, temperature and humidity and all, all that's a factor. I mean, we ran like a 12 the other day and we got done. And we're like, that was a great run. It wasn't difficult, but we felt it. We got done and we were like, I think that was the Messina Hof run. We did a 12 on the Messina Hof. Yeah, it was like seven or eight miles. No, there was a 12. I'm talking about a 12 we did. And I think Messina Hof was part of it. It was like five weeks ago or so, six weeks ago. And I just remember getting done. And the sun was up and it was probably like low 60s. I mean, the temperature was perfect. The run was perfect. It was just a great run. And I also remember the other thing that I've really enjoyed is not realizing we've gone so far. I agree. Well, here's to us. It has been a great journey and thank you for being on it. Amen. We are back. No oh boy. It is two days after the marathon. We survived and we crossed the finish line. Arm in arm. Arm in arm. It was really exciting. It was like the announcer knew us. <laughs> he said, and here are the Georges. <laughs> it might have had something to do with the numbers on our chests, not necessarily us being familiar to him. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. The end was definitely, as we knew was going to be, like the best part of the run. Here's what I didn't know and what I didn't anticipate, the wilderness can you oh. talk about the wilderness? <laughs> so I think the original plan was, is we were going to break the running down into six mile increments. And you and I had this brief discussion. I can't remember exactly when. And we were debating what was going to be tough, right? Do you remember us debating <laughs> yeah. what was going to be tough? And yeah. you're like, oh, it's going to be this part of the run, that part of the run. And I was like, no, I think it's going to be the middle. I think it's going to be like 15, 18, 20, somewhere in that zone. And I said, I think it's going to be tough because you've invested half of the race already, so you don't want to throw that away at this point. But boy, it's still a far way away from finish. And to your credit, I mean, you had identified that we were going to be going through some bad hills and there were some open, boring run portions that were in that as well. But I refer to that as the wilderness. And you were right. That's exactly where it was. <laughs> it was miserable. <laughs> I have people that I admire. Two of the British leaders that I admire is uh, Margaret Thatcher and Winston Churchill, both of which had wildernesses in their careers. And I think you got to kind of physically experience that sort of wilderness idea. For the wilderness, we were at the end of the pack or near the end of the pack, and the terrain wasn't well marked. Mm -mm. It was sparse. There were really no spectators. The one person who was running near us, she took off. So it was just you and me, and it was like, are we on the right road? Are well, we don't forget, actually, we were running with her, and I think she slowed down. I mean, I think she was much faster runner than we were, but she kind of stayed with us because she didn't know where to go either. <laughs> and at one point, there were like no cones visible. So most of the run, there were cones all over the place. And there were mile markers, little flags for every mile. 
we were near the George Bush Library and there was nothing marked. I know. <laughs> and that poor lady was like, I don't know where I'm going, I'm following you. Yeah. So the wilderness is so common in life. It's like you get far enough away from comfort and familiar and not close enough to see what the destination is. And it's easy to let your mind go wild and just say, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why did I sign up for this? That's all the stuff that was going through my mind. Why did I drag Craig through this? <laughs> well, I mean, it, for me, it was just like, I had read about the wilderness. I'd, I've been in the wilderness before, kind of in my own place, like both professionally and personally and whatnot. And so when we got into it in the run, I was like, oh yeah, here we are. <laughs> and this is going to just suck for a while. And that's okay. I mean, if you truly believe that your life, you have to enjoy the process or try to enjoy the process of your life, whether it's business or personal relationships or whatever, or in this case, a marathon, you got to try to enjoy the entire process of it. And that includes the 26 weeks previous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the things that we did, we talked about our faith. Mm -hmm. We talked about suffering. Mm -hmm. We talked about our relationship. <laughs> yep. One of the things that was so helpful is every few minutes you kept saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> we called our son. I think that was a particularly low point. It was like my, mile 19. We 19 called, and a half. We called our son <laughs> just to say hi. And We invested in an Apple Watch with the cellular plan. Yeah. <laughs> the accuracy was not exactly what I thought, and we'll talk about that in a minute too, but at least we could call Roland, or if we fell or we got hurt, you know, we had the ability to get help, and boy, in the wilderness, when there wasn't a lot of people around, we were really by ourselves, so it would have been kind of scary. And then we, we talked about food to keep us going. At one point, for whatever reason, crunchy Cheetos sounded so good. I can't believe I've <laughs> never seen you eat crunchy Cheetos. I can't imagine you eating crunchy Cheetos. I think you might actually get ill. <laughs> For our next race, I'm going to pack some crunchy Cheetos. <laughs> Boy. So the wilderness in life, the wilderness in career, the wilderness in a marathon, it's real. And the secret is there is no secret. Yeah. It's just to embrace it and to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes for us, it was jogging and sometimes it was walking. Sometimes it was stretching and pausing, but it was one foot in front of the other. And like I told you, I said, you know, we at that point in time had completed 15 miles. That's good. We did well. And we could have stopped there and that's good, right? But that's not great. And during the wilderness, as we're clacking the miles down, 18, 19, we could have stopped then. And that would have been the longest run we'd ever been on, mm -hmm. like at 18. But... To get to true greatness, you got to get through the wilderness. You got to keep going. You got to push. So we found things to celebrate. Like when we hit 15, we only had double ones left. Yep. When we hit 16 and a few steps, then we had less than 10. Yep. 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 <laughs> At certain points, they were like, okay, there's only a 10K left. Now there's a 5K left to just keep focused on crossing that finish line. And then there were places that we were looking forward to run past as well. And that was enjoyable too. Oh, okay. We're almost on Bazell Street. Okay. We're through Northgate, you know? Yeah. So those were fun too. And that hill we ran uphill on the half oh, marathon, my. we got to run downhill this time. <laughs> yes. So a couple months ago when we ran a half marathon, we had to run up this hill and it was, you know, it was like mile nine, 10? Uh, 11. 11. And it was just ill-placed for us. <laughs> And so the fact that we got to run down it for the marathon was truly, a, as we like to say in the George family, a small pocket of joy. 
So that lends nicely into, we defined what success looks like well in advance and it was crossing the finish line. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to do anything. We didn't compete with anyone running around us. We didn't compete against ourselves. We simply did whatever we thought it was going to take to get to that finish line, which meant walking at times, stretching at times, pausing at times, and Mm -hmm. jogging at times. And, you know, we were fairly consistent too with the people that we passed and that passed us. We were encouraging to both sets of people. When we were passing someone, I didn't want them to think that, okay, you know, I've lost another struggle because you don't, that's not how it works. It's not us versus them. It's them versus the time. Yeah. So being encouraging, that's what you got to do, like with the people around you, because your business is successful doesn't mean that others is not because your relationships are successful. That doesn't mean that other people's are not. It's not. I win, you lose. It's we win. We win. We win. We're all still moving. <laughs> Some of us barely, but yes, yeah, still moving. And we're running our own race. That, that was the other thing. Yeah. Okay. Here's my biggest takeaway. Are you ready? Oh boy. Let me hold on to the table. I don't trust my emotions. <laughs> what? Wow. That What a revelation. Because Not. in the wilderness, there was all this sense of, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why did I drag you through this? Right? All that nonsense that was going on. And then later that day, there was so much pride. Mm-hmm. Pride for doing it. Pride for still being able to walk. Pride for we had Sunday night dinner. Did you remember how you felt when we got close and you saw the finish line? Oh, I was choked up. Like the tears were welling up. Like I, I couldn't speak. My voice changed. I was like, it's here. And I dreamed about this day six months ago. And it's here. Mm-hmm. And we did it. So don't trust my emotions because later that day, the pride, it overtook everything. I still, two days later, I have such a sense of pride. And I want to do it again. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do it the same way. I want to do it better. So we've come up with a plan of what are the conditions that we would do it together again. <laughs> Besides never. So it's a reminder that things that are rewarding, things that bring a sense of pride and fulfillment and satisfaction, don't always feel good in the moment. Mm-mm. And it's a matter of enduring and persevering and keeping in front of our view what success looks like. I cherish the emotions that we had, though, in the middle of the race as well that were negative, because that's what I call the crucible character, right? Like you really try, you really find out who you are, like physically, emotional, spiritually, intellectually, when you struggle through things like that. You're not suppressing those emotions, but if you can take control of them and not let them take control of you... You're just a better person for it. And I think it creates more empathy and sympathy with the people around you, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're looking at people. I mean, poor that one kid. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to die. And then there's a lady on the side of the road who had this amazing team, like her own little community <laughs> with the, they had the, the massager. massager. <laughs> yeah. And I was so proud of her, like, because it was clear she wasn't going to quit. It was going to take a while for her to get in. But it was clear to me she wasn't going to quit. Now, I didn't get to see her finish, but I would like to believe that she did. I mean, her abuela was out there. I mean, come on. Yeah. The guy on the side of the road did not look good. Mm-mm. He was vomiting. <laughs> he was walking. We asked him how he was doing. He said, not good. And he finished in front of us. Yeah, just a little bit, but I was glad for him. <laughs> We're so glad for I him. I was cheering him on when he passed us by. I was like, you did it. So it, it was nice to see that lady who was struggling. She had her own little tribe or community supporting her to get her through. So I, ha- I learned a great reminder, which is it's easy to assume the worst and and it doesn't play out. Mm-mm. So my feet started hurting. It was around mile 14. And, and so then there's this oh, worry. Oh, wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 
beginning of the, the beginning of the wilderness. And uh, and so then there's this worry, like we've still got 12 miles to go. My feet are hurting now, mm-hmm. and assuming that it's just going to keep getting worse. And what do I need to do now? And it didn't turn out to be true. Mm-mm. They felt exactly the same at mile 20 that they did at 14, and they did at mile 26. Mm-hmm. And two days later, they're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So I have to really go back and just kind of reframe and get perspective and say, okay, this is now's experience. That doesn't mean it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So what surprises you now? That we actually did it? No. 26 miles is a long run. (laughs) I mean, I guess the biggest surprise is, is, you know, the concern I think you and I had was, you know, have a bad back. And I think that years in the army and jumping out of airplanes and doing stupid stuff like that, you know, I'm paying for it a little bit now. It's getting better. I'm seeking professional help and all that. But the fact that it didn't stop me from finishing. We got a little rough in the last two, three miles, but we made it through. And that surprised me. I didn't get stopped. So here's my list. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that I want to do it again and You're better. You're a fool. <laughs> so 2022 is the year of getting stronger and faster. And then 2023 is the year of marathon chapter two. <laughs> this is me shaking my head. You can't see it through the microphone. Okay, here's the other. Tiny steps over time lead to big, fulfilling goals. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Goals and dreams. Tiny steps. Like they really, truly add up. A little encouragement goes a long ways. Mm. Like the strangers on the side, huge momentum. When they said, you're doing good, I believed them every time. (laughs) I didn't try to fight with them. I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. You're looking good. Yes, I am. Even the signs that said, go stranger, go. I was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. I'm going. Just as a side note, the nice thing about the cheering squads, these young men and women were out there for hours. Yeah. And, I mean, we were at the end of the pack. So they had been out there for, depending on where in the wilderness or post wilderness, because it seemed like after the beginning of the wilderness, you just didn't see anybody anymore. I know. But there was, I, I just got to give a shout out to Texas A&M University. They had sports teams out there, the gymnastics team, the softball team, the water polo water polo team. And I know they'd had seen thousands of people yeah. that day. And here's Dean and I were hobbling along. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the gymnastics were doing handstands for us or flippies or whatever. Yeah. And the ladies water polo team. And every time I would pass by one of those teams, I'm like, are you cheering as loud for us as they cheer for you? And they're like, oh, no, we're louder. <laughs> so I was like amazed. I was so proud to be, you know, part of the community that supports that university. Yeah. So they had volunteer stations at about every mile and a half or so. And mm-hmm. it was hugely motivating. <laughs> In addition to when they passed out food, Skittles was it? Was Skittles. A big, big followed, plus. Yeah. The gummy bears were good, but I think Skittles were the winner. And I think carrying those salt tabs helped. Oh, yeah, for sure. The salt tablets. All right. Here's my last what surprises me now. Still, crunchy Cheetos sounded good at mile 18. (laughs) I don't know how many people know you well. I would like to think I know you well. I just can't picture you eating crunchy Cheetos. (laughs) And I can't picture how you would feel like a half an hour after eating crunchy Cheetos. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. But the biggest takeaway is how proud I am of us and how proud I am of you and how thankful I am that you joined me on this adventure. Kicking and screaming, but yes, I came. We did it. We did it. Yeah. That's the Dora dance, right? 
And we are not unicorns. No, no. I think it's unfortunate that, you know, one of the discoveries about doing the marathon is seeing how many people were like not even attempted or even like mentally think about it. And, you know, the funny part about it is, is when you break it down and you say, yeah, we spent 26 weeks to run 26 miles, right? Mm -hmm. And I look around at the people who are our age as a healthcare provider. I think you see it better than I do, but just not seeing it. And I'm wondering, is it really physical or is it mental? Yeah. And I really think it's mental. I think people just have decided that, well, I'm 50 something years old and now it's time for me to sit on the couch and get ready for retirement and the kids are out of the house. And I'm just like, eh. I was like, that would be acceptable in the 50s and 60s. I'd be very content, but it's not. So I'm good with not being that way. And mm. I think you're the same way. We got a whole life ahead of us. <laughs> I hope, right? <laughs> as far as we know. As they say, inshallah, as God wills it. So whatever your goals are, break them down into small pieces, mm -hmm. rally a community, keep success right in front of you, and have your bestie. And consider crunchy Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> and get some crunchy Cheetos. <laughs> I got to tell you in front of everybody, I could not be more proud of you. Well, no, the birth of our son. So after the birth of our mm -hmm. son... This is probably up there in the most amazing, one of the most amazing things. You are such a brave woman and sometimes slightly crazy. And I'm good, I'm good with that to decide to go run 26 miles, but I couldn't be more proud of you. So congratulations there, warrior healer from your buddy Machado. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to tell this story. So the race organizers said there was a mess up with the file between the name that people wanted printed on their bib and the actual name that turned out. So mine was the same, Warrior Healer. Yours was supposed to be Wolf 1-2. Which was my final call sign in the military. I was Wolf 1-2. That was the last call sign I ever held. And, and instead, <laughs> I was Machado. And I'm sure that's a great name. It's a great family. And I think we kind of tied it. We kind of figured out who it might have been. Mm -hmm. But you got to wonder who thought, got mine and goes, Wolf 12? What, what's a Wolf 12? What's a Wolf 12? <laughs> But Warrior Healer and Wolf12 are pleased to announce that we are marathoners. Mm -hmm. So we are sending so much love. We are cheering for you, whatever your goal is. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.